Do you love women in charge dynamics? Are you ready to take your feminine dominance skills to the next level? To learn to dominate safely, creatively, and most of all, confidently? Looking for information on how to encourage growth, learning, and discipline in your power dynamic? Or maybe you want to learn how to really submit in a woman-led dynamic. Are wondering how to find the right dominant partner for you? And to learn and train to please her the best way possible. You're in luck. FLR, Femdom, and Women in Charge is happening online June 10th through 12th and is now open for registration. Get your ticket to get access to the special learning and interactive events leading up to the weekend. Enjoy Femdom-centered content to share and discuss. Plus, get your personal invite to a special Discord server to meet other Women in Charge enthusiasts, to get to know each other, and connect before and after the event. Find out more at womenincharge.info. That's womenincharge.info. Welcome to the Dating Kinky Podcast, a cast about love, sex, romance, and kink. I originally wrote, what's wrong? Nothing. Okay. In 2014. I've used it hundreds of times in personal conversations and in communications classes to discuss the intersection of consent and communication in interpersonal relationships. In 2017, I pulled it out, dusted it off, and revised it with some additional clarification and commentary. In today's Throwback Thursday, I'm going to share those with you, along with some of the comments and the discussion that it sparked. I'll link to the old thing mentioned in the writing in the show notes. It's a pretty awful example of the men versus women trope that's been around forever. And one particular entry inspired this to begin with. What's wrong? Nothing. Okay. This old thing has been going around online for a while. I saw it again on Facebook today and read it again and For some reason, this time I felt a need to say something from the article. If we ask what is wrong and you say nothing, we will act like nothing's wrong. We know you are lying, but it's just not worth the hassle. (laughs) I agree. Hold those fuckers, all the people in your life, responsible for their behavior If they are willing to lie to avoid talking about something and potentially fixing it, let them have the lie and enjoy your day, whether they are pissed off, hurting, surly, or not. Treating someone like they're telling the truth at all times, instead of trying to read subtext into every utterance, is a basic step in creating authentic communication in your relationship. I wrote this piece a little over four and a half years ago. Since then, I've used the example in communication classes and had many people ask questions to get to the bottom of what I mean. What if something is wrong? Well, then it's none of your business until they're ready to tell you. What if it's something to do with you? Still none of your business until they're ready to tell you. What if you push them? 
That's just rude and violating a person's right to privacy in their own mind. What if it's incredibly painful and they're not ready to deal with that right now? What if they've not processed their feelings and don't have the words so you make it worse by forcing them to speak? Whether they say no, not now, or nothing, they've made it clear that they do not consent to talking about this right now. Respect that. What if they get upset you didn't pry because it shows to them you don't care? Don't accept that. You asked them, they replied. You accepted their truth. This is how we maintain our separateness of emotions. This is how we maintain our strength to handle things when our partners do need us instead of wasting it away worrying about how they might be feeling right now. This is how we learn to let go of trying to fix things for our partners when what we need to do is love and support them. This is how we maintain our personal boundaries and teach people that we respect theirs. If you want me to know, you'll tell me. If you do not want me to know, I will not know. I'm not a mind reader. And when you ask and they are not ready to speak, accept that. Allow them that personal space and let them know that if they want to talk about anything, you are there. And here are some of the responses and conversations from that post. Strong Bad 456 said, This exact thing is something I had to learn. Ask if they refuse, let them know you're available and let them have their lie, if it is a lie. So many times I've had a person reach out to me at a later time when they were ready to talk about their issues. Not Ali offered an important point. I think that this is true, but that there's a but. If this is happening frequently, I think it's in everyone's best interest for the concerned party, the asker, to reflect back on times when their partner has shared with them and reflect on their own reactions. I don't believe it was all that long ago that there was a discussion about what about me-ism. A person with concerns who gets what about me or worse, told that they're not entitled to the feelings they're having when they express themselves, may decide that the additional emotional effort is not something they can take on. 1116KK notes how important it is for them to have that time and space. Absolutely. A lot of the time for me, when I have emotions fired up in my head, before I can even talk about it, I have to figure it out in my mind first before I can even start to tell them what's going on with me. But then when they just keep asking me over and over what's the matter, it ends up coming out all mixed up and confusing. If only more people would understand just that. Great writing. ID Iopath 61 offers a different thought, which sparked a conversation. Interesting that you prioritize a person's right to privacy of their own mind over another's right to advocate for what's important to them, i.e. asking or knowing. You stigmatize the legitimate self-advocacy of one, asking, over the other, privacy, by calling it rude and violating. You have the right to not answer every inquiry, just as the other has the right to keep asking, in my opinion. That is mutual respect, each advocating for their own position and allowing the other to do the same, in my opinion. Having written the above, I still enjoyed and appreciate what I perceive as the intent of the OP, 
Learning how and when to give another space and time to process is very valuable. Learning how not to alienate another is also valuable. I replied, at IDIOPath61, you said, interesting that you prioritize a person's right to privacy of their own mind over another's right to advocate for what's important to them, i.e. asking and knowing. You stigmatize the legitimate self-advocacy of one asking over the other privacy by calling it rude and violating. Actually, no, I don't. I did not say you cannot ask. I suggested that asking repeatedly is violating. I quoted them again. You have the right to not answer every inquiry, just as the other has the right to keep asking, in my opinion. That is mutual respect, each advocating for their own position and allowing the other to do the same, in my opinion. The way I read this makes me feel icky about you, so let's clarify this. You ask something, anything. This may be for a peek into my thoughts, a taste of my ice cream, or access to my goodie bits and sexuality. You are denied. This may be with silence, a lie, nothing is wrong, with a clear no, or with anything other than an enthusiastic yes and details if warranted. You think it's okay to keep asking because I can keep saying no or nothing or just not giving you what you want. Am I reading that correctly? ID Iopath 61 responded, while I regret you're feeling icky about me and my comment, that is you exercising your agency and I respect that. You suggest that repeatedly asking is in and of itself violating, and I suggest it is not necessarily so. Having been on both sides of the no, personal experience tells me it's a more subtle dance than that. We differ on this point. I do agree that it can be annoying, aggravating, and depending on circumstances, possibly violating, but the mere fact of one or more queries does not by itself make it violating, in my opinion. If you wish, explain to me how it is in and of itself violating and disrespectful, as you've not yet done that in a manner I can agree with. Feel free to PM. As I said, in general, I support what I perceive to be the message of your OP. I responded, ID Iopath 61. Thank you. I have no need to go to PM. The point of my writings is to see different points of view and discuss them for everyone to see. That way they can identify as they wish and maybe learn things they had not known or ways of thinking they had not thought of. In your reply, you didn't make clear whether or not you agreed with the steps I laid forth, so I will assume that you do. I will also go back to your previous post and quote one more piece before I make my case. You prioritize a person's right to privacy of their own mind over another's right to advocate for what is important to them. Let me be clear. I will always prioritize a person's right to privacy of their own mind over another's wish to know what that is, because that is not a right. Now, the words you used are another's right to advocate for what is important to them, and that does make a difference. That's where the split between what is okay and what is not okay lies. What is okay? Asking, offering to be there, making clear that you favor communication in your relationship. Let me note, this is not simply a once said thing. This is actually through all of your actions and words over time. Giving people space to gather their thoughts, respecting someone's privacy, maintaining your separate mood so you can show support when they need it, if they need it. 
what is not okay. Repeatedly asking, which is at the very least pushy, at worst is aggressive and bullying. Making assumptions. Well, it's obvious you're upset. Making speaking at that moment a condition of your own well-being. Picking about everything else in order to prompt them. Becoming the needy upset one so that now they have to show support to you because you are codependent. Creating worst possible case scenarios in your own head, then blaming them for that. In my view, anything beyond that nothing, no, or not right now that isn't backing off and making an offer of support and validation is not okay. Now, if I were to look at this from your point of view as I read it, then advocating for yourself would, to me, be okay with statements like, I feel left out of your life when you don't share with me, and I hope that we can discuss this in the future. I'm always here for you if you need me. I hope you know that. I love you, and I care about you. I respect your space. I hope you know that it hurts me to see you hurting. Please let me know anything I can do. Your personal agency, in my opinion, is yours to safeguard and communicate. It is not a weapon to wield against your partner to shame them for not being ready to talk with you at this time, like so. I need communication in this relationship, and if you won't tell me what's wrong, you aren't showing your commitment to us. And so on. So, yeah, when you say you have a right to keep asking because you are advocating for your personal needs against my right to privacy, that comes across as selfish and codependent behavior. Why not adds their thoughts. Recently, I've made a concerted effort not to say I'm fine or nothing's wrong when I'm clearly upset, but rather I'm processing. Hopefully this validates the other person's sense that something is off with me, but also explains I'm not quite ready to discuss it. Say what you mean. A life less normal quoted me and disagreed. Do you believe the adult people in your life, relationships, have a right to their mental privacy no matter what? Do you believe they have a right to lie to you? Honestly, the right to mental privacy to me ends at the point at which one lies about something. It's fine not to tell me. It's fine not to talk about something. But actively saying X when Y is true, that is, to me, manipulative. And I don't particularly want to be in a relationship with someone who values privacy over honesty to that degree. Clearly, other people's priorities differ, and that's fine. I'm just saying that's my set of values. I replied, at a life less normal. So you and I disagree greatly. I quoted them. Honestly, the right to mental privacy to me ends at the point at which one lies about something. My position is anyone has a right to mental privacy anytime. My right to do is I choose with my own understanding of the situation. They lied to me. I can pry. I can ignore it and let them have their lie for the time being, or I can simply leave. So I ask you, if someone tells you a lie, are their mental assets now forfeit to you? They have agency until they do something that your values do not support? Am I reading this right? Does this have to be a partner or a friend, an acquaintance? Have you ever lied? Have you ever lied for what you thought at the time was a good cause? 
Have you ever lied when it would have been incredibly painful or possibly breaking a promise to another to have been found out? If someone is reading me wrong, I don't mind explaining myself further. Well, in this, you're being very reasonable. So by that, I'll assume, since you didn't mention ever having the experience I suggested, that you've not been on the painful end of having assumptions used to beat you over the head. Lucky you. I know it seems perfectly reasonable to point out that body language and words are not consistent, since you've obviously never been on the other end of a perfectly reasonable person using their supposed superior powers of detection to bully you into speaking. I have. And I've been the bully, too. And it's horrible from both sides, once I realized how I made people feel when I did that. I'm not angry. Yes, you are. I can tell. No, I'm not. In fact, I was just thinking, you're angry. I've lived with you long enough to know. Just tell me what it is. I swear, I'm not angry. You're lying to me. You are such a liar. Okay, I'm starting to get angry now because you're not taking my word. See, I knew you were angry. This is extreme, and yet it is exactly what often happens when you make assumptions instead of allowing people their agency, their separateness, from you. And I think that is where you and I differ in what we bring to this conversation. My partners are not extensions of me. They have a right to lie, to do what is best for themselves, to make bad decisions in their lives, and so on. They are their own people, just as I am my own person. And from there, I have a right to do as I see fit, for me, for them, and in reaction. But I do not have a right to their mind, their body, or anything else that is not specifically mine. Not after one minute, not after 100 years. And prying someone's secrets out of them when they are not ready to share, that's never going to be my right. Thank you for joining me today. If you love this episode, please share it with others who would enjoy it. And please do join me on our new apps available in the Google Play and Apple App Stores, Dating Kinky, It's built by Kingsters for Kingsters, Polly, Queer, Trans Folk, and anyone not quite vanilla, and it's free. Find me on FetLife as Nookie Notes, and on Twitter, Pinterest, YouTube, Facebook, and Medium as Dating Kinky. We're on Instagram as Dating Kinky Official, all one word. Also, find me on the new Moan app in beta for iPhone. I'm Miss Nookie there, T-H-E-M-O-N-A-P-P dot com. Have a kinky day, and I'll catch you next episode.